0: Hey, good morning everybody. This is Nicole Greer, the Vibrant Coach, and I'm talking to you live from the metropolis, not so much, of Sheryl's Ford, North Carolina. And I am out actually looking out over beautiful Lake Norman. It's a little overcast right now, but I'm still you know, going to shine today on the radio show. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the difference between mentoring and coaching today. But I'm excited because my my weekend holds is of course we've got this beautiful Easter holiday ahead of us. But I'm actually going to get in the car this evening and take my beautiful daughter Caitlin Greer up to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and we're going to go to Vanderbilt University and take a tour, and uh, I'm going to mentor her through the process of going to university, which is really exciting. Uh, She is a sophomore in high school, and she's getting ready to figure out what she wants to do uh, as far as her college career is concerned, and I am actually a pretty good mentor for her because I am somebody who just successfully navigated her own college career, and that's exactly what mentors do mentoring is this process where we are going to take knowledge that we possess and we're going to hand it generously to this other person and so that is the difference between mentoring and coaching so a lot of people you know they're like you know we have a mentoring program we have a coaching program and they're kind of hybrids usually But I thought it was really important to stop and take stock of the key differences between mentoring and coaching because we want to be very clear about, you know, the result we want with people. So, for example, the result I want with Caitlin this weekend is for her to just understand the process of choosing a university and, you know, understand the process that Vanderbilt has in place and then how does she get herself where she wants to go. So I'm going to share stories. Her brother, who is also a senior in college, is going to share his stories. He'll be doing some mentoring, and so will my husband. Now, after we get back from this trip, you know, then the coaching will take place, which is how will I move her to a higher state of performance around picking the right school? So the deal with mentorship is it is about simply exchanging knowledge and providing experiences that help people see where they might want to go. And and it's very much where the mentor has full permission to share their own stories, their own agenda, and that kind of thing. Uh, we want to transfer knowledge. And if we're talking about on the job, we want to transfer knowledge of how to get the job done. So there is a lot more telling, instructing, and teaching in mentoring than there is in coaching. Coaching is more about performance. So once you've been mentored and you know what to do, now I'm going to ask you powerful questions, do a lot of listening, help you come to your your own conclusions, help you get your goals written down about how you're going to take your new knowledge and you're actually going to put it to work. So these two things are very much separate but imperative that we understand. So mentoring versus coaching. Mentoring and coaching uh, have distinct styles, different goals, but related ideals. And so mentoring is setting the example and sharing your wisdom uh, so that somebody else can follow in your footsteps. And then on the flip side, coaching is drawing the genius out of an individual so they can live out their ordained purpose. So we've defined that. And And the next question that kind of bubbles up is, well, you know, why do we need to do mentoring or coaching? You know, we should just hire people or work with people who are qualified for the job. Well, that is absolutely true. You should hire people who are qualified for the job. But when you're bringing new people on into your department or into your life to work inside of your entrepreneurial endeavor, you've got to work with them about kind of the ins and outs and help them set up what I call appropriate mental models. So you can kind of tell people when you bring them into your department or into your world or into your business, hey, this is how we do it around here, but not only how we do it, but this is how we think about it. And this is how we frame things. And these are the ways that we move toward our goals. So a lot of behavioral action instruction as well as the attitude and the mental model that you have while you carry out the work or the business you've been hired for. Now, here's the obstacles with people is that, you know, when we hire people oftentimes we're fatigued because, you know, we've hired this person we've probably been without or we're just now getting this new position in place. So we hire somebody and what happens with leaders uh, is we tend to relax. like, okay, phew. We, we got this person, you know, hired, and now we can relax. But that is not the truth at all. This is exactly where mentoring comes in. So you have to do what they call in the HR world, the human resources world, an onboarding process. And in that onboarding process, we're talking about getting uh, the person uh, assimilated into the new work culture that they're going to be in. And so to do that, we're going to provide them direction, we're going to get them aligned, and we're going to get them committed. And that process is going to take one-on-one mentoring. So you've got to give people support. You've got to pull back from the busy- busyness of your work schedule and actually put into the calendar times and dates when you're going to sit down and mentor this new employee because this is going to do a lot of very good things. So here's, here's why we mentor. One, it reduces stress. It reduces stress for you because you know that you sat down and you told this person, this is how we do things here. These are the mental models. This is the behavior we're looking for. So it's kind of like you've made your expectations crystal, crystal clear. The second thing that it does is it relieves the stress for the new person that's been hired, the mentee. So the mentee gets some one-on-one time with the new boss. A, they feel really empowered, um, usually, this has a great impact. It builds trust, and this this whole process relieves stress for them as well. The second thing we do with mentoring is that we're going to start to eliminate bad habits, and and this is ginormous. So you know, there are things that we assume. We all know what happens when we assume things is that people are going to come in and do their best job, and maybe that they don't know what their best job is. So we've got to help them, you know, put habits into place about what they're going to do daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly inside their role. So they should have outlined expectations for that. So a good example of that would be that, you know, we just assume people understand that being on time is really, really important, but we all know somebody who is chronically late for everything, Um you know, and I will tell you, just being on time is a huge trust builder and a huge respect builder. So we're going to be on time. So you know, really setting down and saying, you know, being on time is important, dressing appropriately is important, uh, the language that you use is important, and then doing your job, you know, is really like the fourth thing on the list, you know. So it's really about how you're going to show up. The other thing that happens when we mentor people is that we start to um, see that both the mentor and the mentee start to appreciate the enterprise. You know, when you slow down to kind of honor the fact that somebody before us, or if you're the entrepreneur, you you know, you sit down and you kind of honor, oh, my gosh, how, how lucky, how blessed we are that we both are working inside of this organization, and most organizations have a very positive impact on the world, okay, most, uh, and sometimes morally we have to think about this, but for the most part, most of us are involved in endeavors that have a very high-minded, very good outcome. So let's say that you're in the real estate business, you're not just helping people buy a house, you're helping them buy a home, right? If you're in the coaching business like me, it's not that I'm just providing coaching. I mean, I'm actually working with people, and they're transforming their future by choosing a higher level of performance. So when we have a mentee and a mentor sit down to actually talk about the high, high work that we do, it ends up being tremendously powerful, and people are in a state of appreciation. And, you know, when people are in a state of appreciation, the reality is they're energized, they're going to work harder, they're going to be more innovative and creative. It's really important. So the other thing that happens uh, when we have a mentoring relationship is that uh, the mentors uh, have to stop and slow down and look at, is is my mentee, is my person that I'm trying to uh, grow, do they have all the resources that they need? And so this is where this, uh, you know, great alignment happens. So a lot of times we will think we have given people all the tools they need to move forward, and, you know, when you slow down and you talk to the person and say, "I I would do this, but I don't have, you know, the time, the money, the energy, the thing that I need. And so it really helps the mentor and the mentee to go from this place of scarcity to abundance, you know, where, you know, I don't have what I need to get the job done. How do they expect me to get the job done? But boom. If the mentor and the mentee are sitting there and this comes up, then boom, we're going to put a a resource in place, then we're going to move out of scarcity and into abundance, which is, again, another place of great innovation and creativity. And then finally, the last reason why mentoring is so, so important, communication is occurring. And I will tell you, I will tell you that many, many people on the front line of organizations do not feel like they're being communicated with. And um, I was listening to this video, as you all know, if you listen to my radio show all the time, you know I absolutely love YouTube, and I'm kind of just a business geek. I watch lots of business videos, and uh, I was watching actually a rerun of Undercover Boss, which if you're a leader, I totally suggest you watch this show because I think it's genius. But the guy on there uh, was talking about how – he talked undercover to all of these employees, and they had no clue what was going on at the home office. It truly was kind of this ivory tower mentality. And so when you have a mentor-mentee relationship, you're communicating. And uh, this guy said, it was genius, he said, you got to communicate, you got to communicate again, and then if you don't think you've communicated again, or you think you've communicated enough, you're wrong, over-communicate. So that was that was his advice, and I just think that that is absolutely huge. Is that we do have to communicate, over communicate, and communicate again. So, so what would be on the mentor's checklist if he or she was going to have a mentee? Well, you know, you need actually have the job description of this new person in place, and the first mentor-mentee. You know, dialogue simply needs to be about, you know, what are the minimum requirements for this role? And and that is something that people don't understand about job descriptions, that, that that is just the minimum. Like, you at least have to be able to do this. Now, the mentor can, through the mentoring process, look at the mentee and say, this person is capable of these other obligations, these other responsibilities, now that I have gotten to know them and I've communicated with them, I clearly see this person has a unique ability to do this or a unique ability to do that. And really, really important, I work with a lot of leaders, you can add to people's job descriptions. You're the boss. So you can add. And what you'll find is that when when you find somebody's unique ability and something that they do really, really well, oftentimes they do it really well because they enjoy it. And then you add this to their plate, and it's not like this burden, oh, my gosh, they're asking me to do more than I signed up for. It's it's usually not that at all. Completely different thing where, oh, my gosh, these people have taken the time to talk to me. They've got me in a role that I'm qualified for, but they're totally understanding my unique ability, and they're going to plug me in. And that is huge. So, you know, get getting to that point where you're mentoring people and having the one-on-one and using the job description is huge. Then you want to schedule regular sessions to work with your mentee, and at that point you're going to start to take them and do on-the-job training, uh, hands-on work. And over a period of a year, you're going to develop a relationship, which is number three. And when you develop that relationship, you're going to have a long-term heartfelt condition, um excuse me, commitment from that person. Uh, and they will be in a condition. <laughs> it's gonna be called loyalty, okay? So, you know, I can't talk enough about mentoring. In fact, I'm I'm gonna have the privilege of working with uh Carolina Farm Credit uh next month. I'm gonna be uh helping them get their mentoring process in place. And uh so that's one of the things we do here at Vibrant Coaching is help people get mentoring processes in place so that they have a solid foundation for coaching moving forward. So that's all I've got the time for today, this quick 15-minute blog talk radio. But, you know, find somebody to mentor you. Find somebody to mentor, and um, you will see that you will grow. So this is Nicole Greer. It has been great being with you today. Uh, If you'd like to know more about me, check me out at www.thevibrantcoach.com. Have a vibrant day.